0: Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please feel free to go to our website to learn more about our work or to find our library of, oh, about, I don't know, 110 or so episodes now. Uh, you can go to johnwarrenmedia.com. For more information about our work and our sponsor, CFS uh, Financial, you can also go to Financial. Dot net to find us directly. But there's a tab on Johnwarrenmedia.com that explains that work. We consult with nonprofits, Christian schools, primarily some parachurch ministries and churches on mat- all matters financial and strategic and governance related. Uh, we work on debt consolidation and funding new projects and the like. So, don't hesitate to contact us there using our contact form, or you can send along an email to me, john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Well, today is our second in a several-part series on the attributes of God, and I, I do want to um, tell you that what's interesting, the episode from a few weeks ago that I did about my daughter's wedding has been our most listened to episode who, who would have thought breaking records, like almost doubling the next most popular episode. So look out Joe Rogan. Here we come. Um, Actually, that's not true, but uh, I'm, I'm just amazed at your interest in, in, in that episode. And I think it's uh, probably just the human, story in there that is uh, uh, interesting to you I I find that uh, in fact I just heard someone today uh, say that they prayed when they were diagnosed with cancer uh, that they would be able to uh, be at their kids wedding and that that's kind of the gist of uh, what I talked about and then I talked at the end about God's promises to never never forsake us never leave us to to endure, to be faithful. And so that was that episode. We Last week, we talked about the fact that God is simple from a theological standpoint, divine simplicity, which isn't really all that complex, but it's hard for us as humans. Even We talked about the fact that even the use of our language is such that it's hard to describe God. My goal in talking about these attributes is, is to glorify God. And, and you know, that's my goal. in in with this podcast, everything that we do, but specifically for this um, series that we're doing, my goal is that this thing that happened to me over many years would, would, would be happening to you. And I, I know lots of people who've experienced this and, and I, I hope to some a uh, small extent, maybe this podcast can help you pique your interest in this regard or, or or move you along in this in this process. And that is as we really learn truth uh about the Bible, about biblical truth, about scripture, we're able to to grow. It's it's more interesting. It makes more sense. It's it's just i I have these and I have had these aha moments where I thought, you know, I grew up learning this, this, and this, or have told myself this, this, and this. Maybe that's what I wanted to hear. And yet, real truth, that was kind of a caricature of real truth. And real truth just, it makes this world of theology kind of open up. And and I know a lot of you have experienced this. I'm not alone in this. I I realize that. So I hope I can be accretive. This work can be accretive to that end. Now, I have to... Acknowledge so that I don't plagiarize that I am influenced by three books and, and, and we'll, we'll quote concepts from three books on the attributes of God. One, if you're interested in further study, I would commend to you Arthur W. Pink, The Attributes of God, a guy named James Dolazal, All That Is In God, and J.I. Packer's Knowing God, J.I. Packer's Knowing God being much more popular probably than the other two. And so having said that, today, so we talked about divine simplicity last week. Today we're going to talk about this really important foundational attribute of God, a characteristic of God, immutability. The fact that God is unchangeable. It's, it's really interesting uh, that the, the question, does God change, is something that we need to ponder. Some, some modern theologians, current even theologians, suggest that immutability, God's not changing, indicates some imperfection in God. That's a dangerous accusation because God is perfect, but we need to kind of walk through that, I think. Their they're thinking when they say that is that the ability to change is better than being unable to change. A, a God who responds relatively is sometimes thought of as, as more perfect than one who is absolute. Absolute. The, the notion that God is composed of both absolute and relative reality is, is kind of common among, even among evangelicals, uh, uh, even, even in the reformed faith in, in recent times, this notion that we hang on to some absolutes, but God kind of reacts in relative reality. So, God's immutability, his being unchanging, his unchanging nature is one of his divine attributes that, which really we, we should think about, we should meditate on uh, almost constantly. It's one of his perfections that distinguishes him from all of his creation. God is perpetually the same there's no change in his being, in his attributes, in his plans. And we see this throughout scripture. Uh, one, one place I would reference is James 1. That's James chapter 1, verse 17. Here's what it says. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom... There is no variation or shadow due to change. We could kind of end this teaching right here, couldn't we? I mean, Scripture says it. The New Testament says it plainly. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. He's talking about God himself, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. All other of God's creatures, all of the rest of created order, is subject to change. God is not. That's hard for us to grasp. It's really difficult for us to grasp. We often think about biblical truth this way oh god reacted to this or that and there there are five or six passages in scripture that that would give you this impression because the authors uh, and and you know we believe in plenary inspiration so we believe that scripture is inspired that god used men to write scripture and used men and women in antiquity and their stories and their quotes and all the rest but God, in fact, inspired every word of scripture. I mean, every writer in scripture, like take Paul, for example, you can see his personality. You can see he's got a writing style. That's, that's the reason I don't think he wrote the book of Hebrews. And I, I kind of think Luke might have, but I'm, but I'm not sure. I don't think anyone is. But you can see that God used men, but still inspired every word of scripture. And what what's really interesting about the historical record is that we get the impression that God adjusted along the way in these five or six passages. Um uh, there, there there's some references I'm not gonna get in the weeds right at the moment, but there's some references that God changed his mind. And what I believe is going on there is God does react to man for sure but god's essence doesn't change god's eternal plans don't change i'm not suggesting we're all wind-up dolls you know just you know kind of going through the motions as god foreordained we man does have volition and that does work to, and it's kind of like inspiration of scripture that man has volition but that works together with god's sovereignty but anyway to focus on immutability, God being unchanging, we have to look first at this. God is immutable or unchanging in his essence in terms of what he is. His, his nature and his being are infinite and are therefore subject to no mutations there never was a time when God was not. We talked about that last week, God being eternal. We talked about divine simplicity. There will never come a time when God will cease to be. If you draw the timeline, if you like, if you think in those terms, and since I started as a young man taking math classes that really piqued my interest in this, and, and you draw the timeline with the two arrows on either end, and sometimes they'd have the little infinity sign there. Uh, when, when you think in terms of eternity, which is hard for us to do, we know there was never a time when God was not. And we have to just kind of say that because grasping it is difficult. And we know there will never come a time when God will cease to be. God, God hasn't and 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 won't ever evolve or grow nor improve. He's always been and will forever be. Everything that he is today, Malachi three six says, I, "I'm I'm the Lord. I do not change," or something like that, depending on your translation. He, he cannot change for the better because he's perfect. And being perfect, he can't change for the worse. Now, I know some of you are thinking, "Well, now wait a minute. We we kind of." Worship change. I mean, we, uh, aren't we all evolving? Aren't we all maturing? You know, we talked last week about this social Darwinism. Matter is upwardly spiraling and improving. And and no, no, it's really, it's really not. It's not at all, is it? Matter is degrading. I mean, if you, if you don't believe that, just don't touch your house for about, I don't know, five minutes in Florida, but, but 10 years. And just, just, you know, I know this is a stupid example, but, but then walk around your house 10 years later and and tell me what it looks like. You know, systems are going to break, you're going to have fading and peeling and cracking and the roof's going to leak probably. and, And no, 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 no matter is degrading. Look at waterfalls and how they change over time there's so much we could talk about there and even on a micro level you can see that 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 matter degrades well god doesn't he's perfect he doesn't change he doesn't change for the worse he can't improve he doesn't he doesn't need to you know i almost said wake up but he, he doesn't need each day or 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 he doesn't even measure time. So, I mean, he's not bound by time. So I, I I don't know how to even say this sentence in English, but he, he, he's not on a self-improvement plan. He doesn't, he doesn't say, wow, I can do this differently. I, I can change my, my essence. These, these people are modern on earth and I need to do something. We're going to talk about that at the end of this episode, but, but God doesn't change. He's altogether unaffected, This is going to bother some of you to hear this, but but it is true, biblically true. He's unaffected by anything outside of himself. Improvement or deterioration is impossible. Both those are impossible. He is perpetually the same. Only he can say in Exodus 3.14, I am that I am. The passage of time does not influence or change him whatsoever. His power doesn't diminish or or grow. His, his glory doesn't grow or fade. There, there's no wrinkle on his brow, one author said. No wrinkle on it. You know, he's not perplexed like we often are. Not worried. So, but anyway, God is immutable in his essence. Second, God is immutable in his attributes. Now, it, it just follows, doesn't it? So, so whatever the attributes of God were before the universe was called into existence, think about this. They are precisely the same now. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We we read that scripture and we, we oh yeah, God's the same, he's unchained. Well, no, 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 think about it. In eternity past, before there was a universe, God had attributes, they are precisely the same. Now they will remain the same forever. Now I just said the same thing I said when we were talking about God's essence, when I talk about his attributes, right? Those of you who are following along carefully, you get that. I'm basically saying that timeline applies with the two arrows, eternity past and eternity future and everything in between, whatever that means. There's no in between because it's all eternity, But God is immutable in his attributes throughout all of time, eternity past through eternity future. It's it's hard to grasp that they are essentially the the qualities that they, they, they are, they are just essential qualities of his being and they are essentially the qualities of his being. So, he's always the same that this, every one of his attributes are, are emblazoned with this, this doctrine of always being the same. His, his power is unabated. His wisdom is undiminished or, or increased and, and his holiness is unblemished. So the attributes of God cannot change. His truths are immutable. Psalm 119, verse 89, His word is forever settled in heaven. His love is eternal. We're going to talk about love next week as an attribute of God. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, 3. An everlasting love. We, we say that on earth, but we're so finite and so flawed that we don't quite mean the same thing as what God says in Scripture, "I have loved you with an everlasting love." In John 13:1, and having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. His mercy does not cease because it is everlasting, eternal. You see, sometimes we don't think about that. We think of, okay, God's eternality, his his not being bound by time is one thing, but his unchanging or being immutable is another. No, no, no. That's not the case. I think Psalm 100 verse five is a verse that we could read if I can find it quickly on this topic. Here's what it said, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations, all means all, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever. You know, we, we, we struggle to to trust on, on this earth, and and you know, rightfully so, I mean, can man be trusted? The answer is no, we can't be. And, and I know that makes some of you cringe, but just think about it. But God can be. His steadfast love endures forever. I, and I'm an anxious person by nature. I, I, I say that. Maybe it's a, a an excuse. But how cathartic, how relaxing, how therapeutic is it to think about the fact that that here it is. We'll read it next week, too. His steadfast love for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Good friendships can taste this doctrine. Good family relationships can, can emulate this to some degree, but not like God. God is forever unchangeable, immutable in his love. His mercy does not cease. It is everlasting. So third, uh, God is immutable in his counsel or in his purposes. His will never varies. Some object, and we might as well talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Using Genesis 6, 6, the Lord repented that he had made man. You know, different translations say it different ways, but that's the concept, and it, that indicates that God changes. But Numbers 23, 19 is clear. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. In Genesis 6, 6, the Hebrew word for repent means to sigh. You can also go to the story of Jonah. That's another one of those five or six references wherein God changed his mind. He he simply changed the way he treated Nineveh, the people in Nineveh, because they repented of their sins. His character, his essence, his attributes did not change. God often changes the language he uses in Scripture when speaking of himself to accommodate our limited capacities. God is immutable in his counsel, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, Job 23, 13. He is unique and who can make him change and whatever his soul desires that he does. God's purpose never changes. We people, man, we change our minds and reverse our plans and, you know, when, our lack of foresight to anticipate everything is a problem for us or, or our lack of power to execute our plans occurs. I, I struggle with this. It drives my wife crazy. I don't know whether you do this or not, but uh, to, to your spouse or friends or siblings, but we'll, we'll decide on plans. We're going to go to a certain restaurant and, and we don't eat out a lot because we like to eat healthy food, but not that you can't do that at some restaurants, but we, when we do go out, I I have this terrible habit of, because we have so many choices around us, I have this terrible habit of we're driving to the restaurant, and, and I'll say, you know, do you want to go to, and I'll name another one, drives my wife crazy. Now, if you have reservations or go someplace fancy, that's different. You're committed. But even then, sometimes I, hey, you want to. But for the most part, we go to kind of middle of the road restaurants that don't require reservations and lots of planning and dressing a certain way florida's pretty casual so you know we it drives her nuts that i i i'll, I'll second guess the decision i you know i i do this or or, or sometimes you know legitimately we get additional information don't we or do you, do you ever do you ever sleep on something and you know you make a decision and you okay here's what we're going to do or here's what we've decided and and then you sleep and you wake up the next day what was i thinking I thought of a couple of different different things here or or you pray about it and God brings some things to your mind or if somebody introduces a, a, additional data to you so so we we our purposes change all the time. Man changes his mind and reverses his or her plans routinely, but the counsel of the Lord stands forever the plans of his heart to all generations psalm 33:11 hebrews 6:17 talks about the immutability of his counsel there it is our word for the day immutability god being unchanging his counsel his will is unchanging immutability is the concept think about this that reveals the infinite distance separating god the highest creature or we'll, we'll do it this way the, the creator God from the highest creature man. We're, we're the highest in the created order, and there is this vast, infinite distance. Immutability is a big deal. God being unchanging. Even the most stable and steady of humans. I know some humans who are, you know, I, I tell my friends, you know, who are like this, and there aren't many of you, but there are some. I'll give you an example. Our friends Paul and Libby Bess, they we can throw no look passes. To, I know who they are. They are, they are in Christ. They are so mature. Have such good character. They're, they're going to cringe at me saying that here. They are Christ followers, and I, I I often tell my wife, you know, you can throw no, I can throw no look passes to Paul. I can call him and ask for his advice or input or opinion and and I get it. I I know in advance pretty much what it's going to be. He is steady at there's there are others of you. There are some there are some people, some dear, sweet, mature Christians in our church, at Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, who and I'm not just talking about the elders, but I'm talking about them, but but I'm also talking about other people. There's a guy named Don Duvall who who is, is one of my favorite people Um, there, there are others. There's Don Olson there. There are so many Bob Maynard, you know, I'm going to be in trouble now. Dick Edmonds, there, 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 there are many, I haven't named all of you and I'm sorry. I'm, it just wouldn't be productive to go through a long list of names, but who are solid and unchanging in a lot of ways. However, there is still a gap in all the men I named and an infinite distance separating them from God. They are steady, eddy, consistent, not wafflers. They are who they are. They are grounded in biblical truth, but they're still mutable. So if the creature, created creature, was not changeable by nature, it would not be a creature. It would be God think about that and we we often think oh it's God's omniscience omnipotence and all those other things we're going to talk about in this series no 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 his immutability his immutability separates him from us fallen creatures are not only mutable but everything in us is opposed to God as such we are we are wandering Jude 13 wandering stars out of our orbit The, the wicked Isaiah 57 says, fifty seven twenty. the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. Fallen man is in a constant state of change. We, 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 can, we can think of examples of, of people who are unstable, who are changing perpetually. I mean, there are people, you know, social media reminds me of this. I mean, it's just changing all over the place. I, I do it. We all do it. No human being, this is going to bother some of you, can really be depended on, upon. So, Psalm 146, verse 3 talks about that. The, think about this. The multitude who cried, cried out in the triumphal entry, Hosanna to the son of David, quickly changed to away with him, crucify him. Talking about Jesus, the Messiah you think about peter's denial i'll never deny you and then he denies him 3 times just as jesus predicted or explained human nature cannot be relied upon but god can i mean that, that i realize that's not a news flash but it's profound to say although we may be unstable and our friends are fickle god doesn't change if god changed as we do, if his will called for one thing today and another tomorrow, or or if he was controlled by impulse, who could confide in him? I have a brother-in-law who is very wise. His name is Shane Trumbly. We jokingly call him shaint, combining saint and Shane. We say he's achieved Shainthood. Just a joke, just a family, just family humor. But he talks sometimes and, and he is a wise, wise person and he, and he talks about our being uh, controlled by our impulses, vulnerable to impulses and and one day he explained, and I thought this was so profound, that one of the signs of maturity in a person, is not to be controlled by every impulse. The imp- having the impulse itself is just to be human, but we learn to manage those impulses. God is not, does not change as we do. If his will called for one thing, one day and another tomorrow, if he were controlled by impulses, you know, think about that. Who could confide, who could trust in him? But he's always the same, John 5.14. To ask anything, think about this, to pray for anything that is contrary to his will is really not prayer but rebellion, isn't it? Boy, think about that. To ask for anything that is contrary to his will is not prayer but rebellion. God will not deny himself to gratify sinful man ezekiel eight eighteen God is unchangingly holy, therefore God hates sin, eternally hates it, hence the eternality of the punishment of all who die in their sins this this divine immutability has has a has a dark side and and a light side, like the One author said, like the cloud that divided Israel and the Egyptian army, it it ensures the execution of his threats, as well as the performance of his promises. Immutability is a big deal. It's a scary, reassuring, comforting doctrine. It destroys the hope that the guilty cherish, that God will be lenient to his sinful creatures And that they will be more lightly dealt with than his word would lead us to respect. God is unchanging in his purpose in faithfulness and justice. And we should oppose deceitful and presumptuous speculations with the truth of God's immutability. Now, in terms of application, when we we study the Bible, if you think about this, and and I, I know this is the reason that many of you, I should say many of us, kind of frost over and you can kind of mentally leave as you're reading scripture, you can sort of be reading the page, but then you get done with a chapter or so or a section and you kind of go, well, what did I just read? You kind of weren't there. But when we study the Bible, we're entering this, this near Eastern world from thousands of years ago. It's, it's primitive and it's barbaric. The world is agricultural and not industrialized. At all, really. And we see God dealing with all kinds of people Abraham, Moses, David, many others. We see Jesus, if you go forward into the New Testament, doing miracles, pleading with sinners, and, and ultimately dying for sinners on a cross, right, uh, raising, being raised from the dead on the third day, and ascending to heaven to make intercession, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. We read letters in the New Testament from Christian teachers directed against strange errors with all kinds of strange words like asceticism and Gnosticism that are kind of challenging for us to relate to. It's, it's all very interesting, but it can seem sometimes very far away. That world, that faraway world from thousands of years ago is certainly not exactly the same world that we're in. Well, we see some patterns that are the same, but we might think as we read this, as we read the Bible, how does this interesting information about a time so far removed from modernity help me? We sometimes have a sense of being excluded from this world, the world that is described in the Bible. It can be difficult for us to to see or or kind of expect or anticipate the intimacy and direct dealing with God that people in the Bible knew. We sort of view the Bible from a distance. We can resign ourselves to this distant study of the Bible, but but think about this, the link from this time and culture for us is God himself. The God that the characters in the Bible related to is exactly the same God as we relate to. Remember, we said that earlier. God is eternal. God is the same in eternity past and eternity future. He's certainly the same now in the middle. In fact, this is exactly the same God who has not changed in any respect. Thus, perhaps the most important truth. And I don't like to talk like that because they're all important but one of the most important truths that, that we can understand that the truth that will we will reveal all of scripture to us is God's immutability. The fact that God does not change. So there just, I'm, I'm going to, one of the authors that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode points out five things, five kind of applications, uh, uh, implications of God's immutability. Number one god does not change he is from all eternity psalm 93 2. he's the eternal king the immortal god romans 123 he he alone is immortal first timothy 6 16 he's created things have a beginning and end and it's difficult for us to imagine that god was not made he didn't need to be made and he's always the same. He, he can't change for the better, as we've already discussed. Number two, God's character does not change. So God's God's life doesn't change, number one. Two, God's character does not change. Nothing can alter the character of God. Now, during this is hard for us because during a human's life, think about this, tastes, outlook, temperament, and many other things change. Think, think about this. Think about some period in your life. I think about playing little league baseball. I was the most pathetic baseball player on the field at age five. When I went to my first practice, I'll never forget it. I didn't even know whether I was right or left-handed, sort of. I couldn't hit the ball. I couldn't catch it well. I couldn't throw it well. And a few years later, I made the all-star team. I was so pleased. I was a pitcher, a left-handed pitcher. Man taught me how to throw a curveball. That was really cool. But I developed. We develop, don't we? And then if, if you're older, and and I'm there now, and then you start to see the erosion of certain skills and and things. But our 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 life, our tastes, our outlook, our temperament, and many other things can change. And a, a good example of this, and oh, this this is this is going to make everybody cringe, a, a photo of yourself from years ago. Do you ever do that? Yeah, you, you you might be one of those people who says, you know what? I'm never really satisfied with how I look, not completely, and 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 yet you look back at a photo from twenty years ago. If you're old enough to do that, you look back at a photo from twenty years ago. Well, I didn't look so bad back then. I looked pretty youthful. That's that's. Look at me now. Wow, or you see yourself on video or or in a picture, and you didn't you didn't intend to have this reaction, but man, I'm looking older. Look at that you get a certain angle certain lighting. Yeah. During a human's life lots of things change but God proclaims and we've talked about Exodus 3 Exodus 3:14 many times already in this these two episodes but he proclaims that he is the great I am. And Exodus Exodus 34 reveals the facets of his character that kind of complete kind of explain what the great I am in Exodus 3 is all about. Read Exodus 34, particularly verses 5 through 7 and James 1:17. So God's life doesn't change. His character doesn't change. And then three, God's truth doesn't change. In our culture today, people say things they don't really mean or understand. They say things really that are quite stupid. My truth is, or what is your truth? They change their opinions from the past without Applying any new facts or learning any new facts. They even change their opinion based on the audience they're speaking with. Have you noticed that? I'm not just talking about politicians, but politicians are my favorite case study for this. Congressmen will, especially if you're a member of the House, they'll vote to approve a bill and then vote no on its funding. So they can make the argument to two different sets of constituents that they were either for or against the bill. Well, we say, oh, I can't believe Congress would do that. Well, we do it all the time. We speak to our audience. The words of humans are unstable. But the words of God, the word of God stands forever. No circumstances have or ever will prompt God to recall anything that he has said. Psalm 119 verses 151 and 152 talks about all your commands being true. You establish them to last forever. That word true carries the idea of stability. Jesus himself said that scripture cannot be broken. John 10 35, nothing can change or cancel God's eternal truth. Number four, God's ways do not change. He acts toward man today This is a hard one, exactly the same as he did in the Bible narrative. His condemnation of sinners, his wrath and his love and other attributes are the same today. He never acts out of character while our ways are consistent. This is not true or inconsistent. This is not true of God. God is consistent. God's ways do not change. Five, God's purposes do not change. Balaam said in in, in 1 Samuel 15, said in Numbers 23, 19, God is not surprised. His eternal purposes remain unchanged. The cross of Jesus Christ, God's redemption of man, All of redemptive history, this this was not an emergency plan. It was not God's plan B. God's purposes haven't changed. And finally, six, God's son does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13, eight, a familiar passage. It is still true that he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always leaves to intercede for, for them. This fact is our strong consolation. He never changes. So this sense of distance that we get when reading the Bible is overcome, countermanded by the fact that God does not change. Fellowship with him, trust in his word, living by faith, standing on his promises, are essentially the same realities for us today as they were for Old and New Testament believers. This thought brings us tremendous comfort as we address the complexities of modern times. God and Jesus Christ, the entire Godhead, including the Holy Spirit, remains the same. When you think about the God of antiquity, when we read scripture, the most archaic references we're talking about the same God today, from eternity past through eternity future. I hope that's encouraging. God's immutability sounds like one of those seminary doctrines that, you know, maybe it's hard his immutability is kind of hard to grasp, his being unchanging but it's powerful for us. I hope we captured that today. Hope I piqued your interest and you'll do further study with some of those references that I mentioned. I look forward to next week. We're going to talk about God's love. God's love is our topic next week, followed by God's wrath. First his love and then his wrath. And both are very important attributes of God. God isn't just loving. He is Love. He isn't just any of these attributes. He is the attribute altogether. He doesn't just have them. He is them. So I hope this has been a blessing and encouragement to you. If I've created some confusion, because these are difficult topics to talk about in this format, I hope you'll send along a comment on our contact form or send an email to me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com. You can go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com to find that contact form as well. If you prefer to communicate that way, I look forward to being with you again next time. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth in the meantime. Until then. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.